welcome to the new series from Performance Works International, Guest Practices. I'm Jeremy Blaine, CEO of Performance Works International, and I'll be running a series of videocasts with special guests who have a story to tell from both business and life experiences. The conversations are designed to explore their journey, uncovering new ideas, innovations, and next practices that we can all learn from and be inspired by. For today's episode of Guest Practices, I'm joined by founder and CEO of Tiger Hall, Nellie Wartoft. Tiger Hall represents one of the new era learning organisations which has popped up over the recent years, mobile first, learner driven and taking its cues from platforms such as TikTok, Spotify, Instagram and more rather than being evolved from traditional enterprise learning systems and even beliefs. This is the age of the consumerization of learning, and our conversation goes deeper into this trend and uncovers the next corporate learning revolution coming your way. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Guest Practices. This week I'm joined by entrepreneur and CEO based now in Singapore, Nelly Wartoft. Hello, Nelly. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Jeremy. Great to be here. Well, thanks. Thanks also for making the time for this. And, you know, you're not just a business leader, not just an entrepreneur. You're a learning innovator. You started a great business called Tiger Hall uh, in Singapore across the Asia Pacific. So maybe for people that don't know you, can you give us a little bit more? Um, uh, tell us a little bit more about your journey and about you. Sure, sure. Um, I grew up in, a, in the middle of nowhere in southern Sweden, um, in a town that has more cows than than people, essentially. Uh, might be like the countryside of the UK where you have more sheep than people. It's a little bit like that. And uh, I was obsessed with Asia since I was 12, pretty much, and obsessed with education since I was eight. That's when I did my first protest in school against why are we learning the Pythagoras theorem or the periodical table instead of learning how a credit card works or how to lead a team, right? And then I started my first learning business at age 15. So this was also back in Sweden. And that was a business that taught senior citizens digital literacy. So how to use Facebook and Hotmail and social media and computers in general. Because I realized that it's so important knowledge. And without it, they can't connect with people around them or their grandchildren, etc. Um, and then I wanted to move to Singapore as soon as I could. So on my 18th birthday, I booked a one-way flight to Singapore on singapore.com and just went. And then I've never returned. So I lived in London for a little while and in South Korea for a while, but then always been in Singapore since age 18. So so been here for quite some time. And then I spent a bulk of my career with uh, Michael Page, the recruitment firm. So I was leading their practice for Southeast Asia for sales and marketing. Um, and saw this massive gap between what are people knowing, what is their knowledge, what are their skills, and what do employers want to hire. And at the same time, realizing that I learned so much from my clients when I was spending an hour with them. I learned more than in my entire university education. So I was like, how can we scale this experience and make sure that more people can learn directly from experts, from senior business leaders, and a little bit like mentorship at scale, and uh, ensuring that this knowledge that people have of how to do things successfully, how to be successful, how to lead a team, how to run a business, that should not be isolated with a few people, but it should be shared with, with many, many more. So I was thinking of ways of how can we 
allow people to learn from these individuals, but in not a time-consuming way, like one-to-one mentoring is through, because um, that takes a lot of time and business leaders don't have the time for that. So how can we capture their minds and their brains into digital content and digital nuggets that people can consume 24-7, anytime, anywhere they are, and uh, and dive into that. So, so that's how I started thinking about Tiger and uh, and launched that business. Well, well, I have to I have to pick you up on a couple of things here. So, so early protester, uh, which is new to me, <laughs> Nelly, <laughs> on that one, uh, a digital nomad, like very early, <laughs> um, and um, and a traveller from the age of uh, eighteen when you had this very very clear vision to get to the Asia Pacific, get to Singapore, um, and make your way there. So, you know, and of course, I can see this going through where you are now as well so not just when you started not just when you're at school not just when you were getting involved in the digital literacy elements that you were talking about but you've become an advocate for what is becoming uh, what is being called the consumerization of learning as a powerful tool for talent development employee engagement uh, etc um it's relatively new for even for for those in the industry so maybe you can tell us a little bit about what that actually means what is it and what does it mean and how mm. are you championing the cause through your business tiger hall yeah yeah i think consumerization of all enterprise technology is is about to to happen and it's already happened to to a few um like transport for example like you can use ride hailing apps to do business transport etc but what consumerization is is learning from consumers individuals users how they like to use platforms and then apply that to enterprise technology. So if you think of user behavior and what we prefer as individuals, right? People spend tons and tons of time on tools like Instagram, TikTok, Netflix, Zoom. Now, <laughs> Like why are they spending so much time on these tools? It's not by chance, right? It's because of the product design, the UI UX, the features, how easy it is to use most of all. So when you take this concept, and you look at how are consumers interacting with products, and then you apply that to an enterprise context. Because traditionally, enterprise technology and enterprise tools have been incredibly bulky, boring, not pleasant to the eye, and very, very difficult to use. So if you take this consumer approach, how do you then like turn enterprise technology in that way, right? So if we zoom into learning, look at learning platforms, LMSs, and like, you, you would rather fall asleep, right, than spending time on an LMS. Like you come into a very clunky system and it's like, it's very hard to find what you're looking for. It's not fun to use. And then people's expectations are like, if they want to consume a video, they expect Netflix quality, right? They can't stand with someone like, hi, today we're going to talk about leadership development. Like they want something a lot more engaging than that. Or like take inspiration from TikTok with like small bite-sized videos and a scrolling screen and so on. So applying all of these concepts to learning, what will that get you, right? And the way that we've done at a Tiger Hall in looking at consumerization of enterprise learning is first of all, mobile first. Like people don't wanna spend more time on their laptops than they already are, right? So mobile first that you can use anytime, anywhere using formats that people enjoy. So live stream, like tapping into an influencer live like you do on Instagram, you can tap into a Thinkfluencer live on Tiger Hall and just get direct access to them and be chatting with a senior leader, et cetera. And then you have formats like podcasts and you have videos that are more like in a TikTok format, which is this 
vertical, personal, more like FaceTime experience. So having these kind of different formats. And then, of course, beautiful UI, UX, great colors and easy to use. Like you don't need any education to know how Tidal works. You download the app and it's very easy to use from the first step. And that's consumerization in a nutshell. So that's what we're driving. And we still have a long way to go. It's still many things that we're developing on this theme. But I think consumerization of enterprise technology, it's, it's the future for not only learning, but other parts of enterprise technology as well. Hey, I totally agree with you, Nelly. I love some of the things that came out of that, that, that almost placing this in where we are now, the, the TikTok generation, the, the way that we consume data and share it and, and so on. The, a few words which sort of came out about ease of use, uh, enjoyable, engaging, socialization of these kind of things. And when you go to the enterprise, particularly enterprise learning, which really enterprise learning is still, or in many organizations, is still a 20th century concept. And what you're talking about is this is the 21st century concept. And this is where it needs to change. It's it's not it, it's not even when you're talking, I think it's not really an evolution, it's a revolution in this. It's about really looking at how you reimagine this uh, to be mobile first. Think about those great tools that come out of the social aspects like the live streaming, the influencers, the sharing, the formats, the UX, all of those things and making it happen. And, and you have made it happen. And Tiger Hall, and we'll, we'll obviously share that at the end for people to find out a little bit more. But you know, you're leading that nice, very nicely through Tiger Hall. But I do wonder... And maybe you can answer this question for me. How quickly are other organizations, potentially, you know, those more traditional organizations compared to newer organizations and individuals sort of getting to grips with the trend of the consumerization of learning? And and more, more on that, do you have any examples of cust- uh, companies who are getting it right and perhaps those who are getting it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> the ones who are getting it wrong, I think, is a, is a longer list for sure. Um, but I would say that I've gotten a lot more positive response than I initially expected. I thought that people would be a lot more stuck in their ways than they actually are. And I think what really clicks with them, right, is like when you talk to people about like, what do you do when you go home on a Friday night? You go to Netflix, you go to Amazon, you order food on delivery. Like everything is one click away. Everything is mobile. Everything is beautiful. And then you come in on a Monday morning. This is your LMS. And even as individuals, right, With the, I speak with many learning leaders and HR leaders, and they're like, yeah, it's true. And they experience the same in their lives, right? So they can see themselves and they see their children at the kitchen table and the tools that they're using. And then they compare Tigerville to their own LMS and they're like, yeah, it does make sense. And then there is data to back it up, right? When you see the engagement data, we're about 13 times higher compared to usual like video platforms for learning. So when they see that, of course, they get interested and curious as well. And then many of them just try it out. Like just before this, I was on a call with a global pharma company and the head of learning innovation was like, yeah, I got addicted to this last night. Like it was so beautiful, so easy to use. I couldn't stop scrolling. And this, I couldn't stop scrolling. That's the same as you have on TikTok, on Instagram, and on Tiger Hall. But no one has ever said that about an LMS, that I couldn't stop scrolling in my LMS. So I think 
a lot of the positive response and adoption that we've gotten is also because the HR leaders and learning leaders are people too, right? So they see this from their own as their own users. And then they try it out, they see the engagement, they see how people interact with it, they see the feedback, and, and that's when they start believing in it too. So, um, so yeah, I would say like it's not as stuck in, in their ways as you might think that larger corporations are. And what's even more interesting is that we've actually seen even more traction with the ones that would be seen as a little bit more backwards in that way. So if you think of the top global American tech companies, like we work with those too, but many of the ones that are even more eager to get this on board is the ones that are a little bit behind. Um, so I'm obviously not going to name any names, but the ones that are a little bit like second or, or third in, in order of like digital innovation and transformation and, and just the, this whole concept. So I wouldn't say that let's take banking as an industry, like that's an industry that has been quite stuck in their ways, but that's actually our biggest client clients all come from banking. Um, and that's the biggest industry that we work with our banking clients. What you'd actually hope within that as well is that the, the, the year that we've had this incredible year that we've had and the, the digital transformation that has happened because it's been forced on many companies will cause them to just pause a little bit and look at all aspects of their business, including HR, L&D, and think about how this can be modified for now as well and and embrace some of these things. It really is astonishing what you're saying, Nelly, about 13 times higher engagement versus traditional L&D platforms. Uh, and, uh, and we both know traditional L&D D platforms, what they're like, but that is a very big number. And and I believe I heard you've coined a phrase there, or I've coined it for you, addictive learning. I like it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love it so. I be able to be addicted to learning, right? Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I, I know. Addicted addicted to Instagram or something. You know, wouldn't it wouldn't it be a great turnaround? Is that you know I've got two kids and I spend my spend my day telling them to get off their devices and go out and get a fresh air. Wouldn't it be great if they suddenly came to me? Can you get off that, please, and um, and go and do something else? Great, love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the pace of change is is ever accelerating, and of course this year is is, is driving that forward even more. New competitors come into the, into the space. The consumerization of learning, uh, if you're with what you're sharing here, will will become the the must do and the need to do. Therefore, that will drive you know a, a a whole new sort of competitive landscape out there. So, how do you intend to evolve Tiger Hall to sort of stay at the forefront of this shift, ensuring learners get what they need when they need it in the format that they prefer it. Hmm. So we're always very close to our users and look like, what do they need? What do they want? And so on. And that's true for every company to be close to your customers and your users, right? But I think even more, um, what we do a lot of is we look at, we don't look at learning technology at all. Like we've never taken inspiration from any learning technology in the world. Um, but we look at what is latest on the social scene, right? So right now, I would say our biggest inspiration is TikTok. So that's what we look at a lot for product inspiration, product design, product formats and so on. Because if you look at social and you see what people are adopting in free social as well, so not things that people are paying for, but the free social that is growing quickly. And I think TikTok is just the example that has been a complete outlier in all kinds of growth, right? Um, but if you look at how they are doing it, then, I mean, there's going to be a next TikTok and a next and a next. And being like just 
one or two steps behind what is at the forefront of social um, is something that that we're aiming to be and seeing like what do people enjoy using and looking at consumer trends not looking at learning trends not looking at corporate technology um, so that's one and then of course a big part of learning is the content and I personally think this is something that many learning platforms have gotten wrong, where they focused a lot on the software, on gamification, and you get points for like breathing, <laughs> like everything is so gamified and, and so on. But you forget what actually makes people come onto the platform, right? And that's the content. People don't go onto Netflix because it's a beautiful website to look at. They go onto there because of the content. So that's always going to be a key, key focus area for us is to deliver, produce exciting content by inspirational and insightful thought leaders and influencers and have that available in very easily accessible formats on the platform. So, um, so content should not be, be forgotten. That's always at the, the core of it. It's an interesting one. You know, you talk to even a lot of traditional L&D providers and even digital learning providers and the watchword, isn't it? It is gamification, isn't it? It's like, oh, yes, we need badges here and medals there and what have you. Now, I think an aspect of that can be useful for sure. But I do agree with you is that is that form and function can often take second place versus those whizzy bits where actually you need the core content. And if you get what you're talking about, the vehicle right, the format right, the engagement right, then the content can really sink, can't it? Exactly. And people are just not prioritizing it. And I usually say, like, Netflix has no gamification. Spotify has no gamification. Why? Because people go on there because they really sincerely want to consume the content, right? And that's what is pulling them back. And mm -hmm. it's very much the same case for us. And then, of course, you can have things around it, like we help people structure it, we help people build a habit, etc. But it's not, you don't get a star for, like, opening the app or something similar. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just thinking as you were saying there, it, it, it's as if the whole L&D industry has been treating systems, uh, sorry, symptoms rather yes. than the root cause of things, isn't it? We've been exactly. sort of taping over, or let's incentivize learning rather than actually focusing on the core itself and making it a whole different experience or even journey beyond an experience uh, for that. Exactly. So, and and that that for me really is the key challenge and key question for organizations everywhere. So if I were an L&D profession, professional in one of uh, organizations that were that was interested to talk to you about this, what would you recommend to me as the sort of top two to three actions to sort of fast track progress in this area and, and really embrace this new way of learning? I think a big part of this is like dare to try it out, right? Like dare to experiment and try it out and also think a lot about like, what is it that you want to drive? So what we focus on is we, we call it, we drive mindset shift at scale. So because that's another mistake I think learning is done in general is like you insert libraries, like you give people access to libraries and then you expect them to go onto this library and consume content. And everyone goes like, why would I do that? And I was meeting a CHRO of a bank this morning who was complaining that his internal academy sends him three emails a week with content that is completely irrelevant to him. And they just send out these content recommendations like, hey, Mr. CHRO, like watch this and watch that. And he just goes like, why? There is no context. There is no purpose. There is no curation. So I think a big mistake in learning is many times like you 
you take the horse to the water and you expect them to drink. And I'm like, no, you need to design a river. <laughs> like what is going to happen along this river, right? Make it an exciting journey. Make it about the flowers on the side and the trees you're going to pass by and make people understand why am I on this river? Why am I going in this journey? Not just like here is a lake. What do you want to do with it? So doing focus journeys, driving towards outcomes, I think is a very, very big piece and making sure that you focus on certain themes. So we work a lot in themes with our clients and we usually recommend to have one theme per quarter because also one-time interventions don't work, right? You can't have a two to three day workshop and then like when you come back the next day, everything has been forgotten and the next week you don't do anything that was relating to that workshop. But if you do it in themes over a period of three months, you can build this habit, you can absorb this knowledge over time and you have many small chances to apply it in your workday. So, so that's something that we focus on. And then I think for, for many learning leaders is also like experiment, try things out and get feedback. Many of them sit in their ivory towers and not as beautiful as your castle, but sitting in their ivory towers and just think that they know what employees want. And I'm like, why are you guessing? You have 60,000 people and you think what they want is what you think they want. Like dare to give them a few different things and then let them choose. Actually, another bank that we're working with at the moment, they, they're currently giving people access to both Tiger Hall and a video platform. And then they're like, the employees choose. And then we pay for whatever they want to choose, right? So putting more power in the hands of employees is also a winner that I've seen working many times. There's a few things that you've mentioned here which resonate for me hugely. And you're ushering in the age of empowered learning in many ways is what you're talking about and what you're doing with Tiger Hall. It is the, the TikTok of learning. It is addictive learning because it's about the learner, not about the organization. It's about the journey, not the event at one specific time. It's yeah. not about the library of all of this stuff. It's about what's really relevant and appropriate for me right now. And I guess that, that, that then helps with the curation in two ways uh, because it provides a little bit of push and a little bit of pull doesn't it because the the learner can really own this exactly and then at the same time if they want to go to the lake right like they can do that too but i i really really believe in focus and like cut out all the crap like go go focused and less is more i think that's a principle that should be followed more in learning less is more and and driving focus um, it was someone I spoke to said, like, you know, you go into these video platforms, you search for one keyword, like you just want to do one simple thing, and you get 48,000 videos as a response. And you're like, where should I start? So uh, focus is, is really key. And spoon feeding people, that convenience, that ease is something that people are craving. Well, it, it's very interesting because what you've also said in that as a call to action for L&D professionals and organizations in very big companies who you think might know better is to is to unleash their experimental side, give something a go, see what happens, engage the learner in that journey as well, and think about how the learning can be transformed. Um, it, it does surprise me that it, it isn't happening in more and more places, but from what you're saying, actually, many are now buying into this. Uh, is, th is this something that you think will accelerate post-COVID era that we're in now or something that was well on the way before we got here? I think it was already well on the way, um, the digital side, but COVID has, of course, accelerated this a lot. But I think what has been interesting also with COVID that some people might not think of is that, of course, like everything comes online, you do Zoom calls like this and so on. But 
what people are starting to look for now, like, can we do something that is not having a trainer on Zoom? Like, can we do something different? So before COVID, I think the big change is that before COVID, where people were thinking of digital as very, very limited in terms of what digital is. And that was primarily videos and maybe WebEx or like Zoom calls like this. But that was it. But what we've seen now after COVID is that people are starting to think of different formats of digital and how can we engage people in different ways? Because people are on calls all day. Like, do we want to put them on another call? No, we don't. So that's where our formats like podcast, for example, comes in and power reads and like things that you can do on the go and like a live stream when you're out walking your dog and, and things like that. So I think the digital was already underway before COVID, but it was in a much more simple version like people didn't think of digital as oh it's so many different things people thought digital is digital and nothing else but now digital is like 100 different things or a thousand different things so people have started to see more variety within digital as well that is what i've seen as being the the big change well and that's and that's that's in business as well as learning as well you you can see those those organizations and even leaders who were reticent at making the move and really buying into what adopting digitalization looked like for their whole business suddenly we're forced to do it and then are looking now thinking wow we've got so many more possibilities because we're being forced to be a little bit more creative and find yeah. different ways of doing things and mixing it up a bit i totally agree with you uh well it, it's been a it's been a really fascinating journey into probably how business is evolving but more how L&D really is on the cusp of a major transformation here, the consumerization of learning. And I'm sure many watching this or listening to this will want to get in touch, find out a little bit about Tiger Hall, uh, how they can access that and connect with you. Um, How do they go about doing that, Nelly? The best is to email me. It's nelly at tigerhall.com. So very simple. And also, of course, LinkedIn, feel free to send me an email. But the best one is is just drop me a direct email and I will respond. Great. And um, Tiger Hall app is available on all formats, I take it, in the in the iStore and the Play. All countries, all app stores, App Store, Google Play, just search for Tiger Hall and you can download it and, and check it out for yourself and play around with the app and get addicted too. That's right. Addictive, empowered learning. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us, Nelly. That was a very, very enjoyable conversation. Much appreciated. Thank you, Jeremy. Glad to be here. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining our Guest Practices videocast. Please do subscribe to our YouTube channel through the link below or check out our website to access more in our current series of expert interviews.